on the heels of finding out that um, our speaker wouldn't be able to be here this morning, uh, Steve Caldwell sent me just, he didn't know that our speaker wasn't coming. He sent me uh, some materials from the denomination about national standing on the side of Love Day. A whole lot of what I am going to say in, in my message here is from that material, and I don't want to take credit for it. Uh, most of it comes from someone named Angela Herrera, uh, but it, it is right in line with some things I wanted to talk about, and I'll mention things that I touched on a little earlier. This is the story that Angela began with. Years ago, a friend told me the story of a woman who witnessed a painful exchange between a young boy and his uncle. They were on a beach together with the boy's older brother. They'd come to swim, and the older child, who was a little worldlier and braver, was ready to jump right in. But the little guy took one look at the far expanse of water and the waves reaching for him from its seemingly eternal stretch and was paralyzed by fear. He was not going in there no matter how much they tried to convince him. His uncle must have been frustrated that his vision for the day was not working out and he must have been completely unable to see the little boy's vision of what could happen in that ocean because he began to yell at the boy. He pressured him and then mocked him and called him a baby, then left him on the shore while he and the, and the brother waded in. The boy stood there looking crestfallen. Our witness, the woman who overheard all of this, was horrified by the man's behavior. She had to do something. Once the man was off in the water, she walked over to the boy and kind of leaned down and said the best thing she could think of, the only thing she could think of that might actually help him rather than making things worse. In kind of a low voice, she said, I just want you to know that grown-ups aren't always right. She watched as the expression on his face cleared. He didn't look crestfallen anymore. She had freed him from the burden of believing his uncle's angry words and making them part of himself. As Unitarian Universalists, we have a particular obligation to counter hurtful voices with the voice of love one that has deepened and developed over many generations, rooted in our theology. Many generations ago, as I said earlier, our Unitarian forebearers started down a path of increasing open-mindedness based on their growing understanding that what is dominant is not always right. Meanwhile, our universalist ancestors were also opening their minds about God 
And one of the first things they did was to go around telling everyone that everyone was saved. No one was going to hell because God loved everyone. It was a radical message of love. Our Unitarian and Universalist ancestors were theologically liberal, at least the ones we remember and call by name or claim by name. Yet, like many of their era, some Unitarians and Universalists, like many of their era, some Unitarians and Universalists had the sense that time was on the side of progress, that humankind was naturally becoming more and more enlightened. But in reality, progress always requires the unceasing work of people who care. How many of you have ever heard of Mary White Ovington? Mary White Ovington was a white Unitarian who put out the call among her friends and connections that there needed to be a national, nationwide joint conference of blacks and whites to advocate for African-American rights in this country. Among her contacts... They collected 60 people whose names went on a letter that was sent out as an invitation for people to participate in that conference. The conference happened. It was effective. The second time they met, they decided to name themselves the NAACP. Among the founders of the NAACP, the, the, the names on that list were Unitarian Minister John Haynes Holmes, Unitarian Minister Jenkin Lloyd Jones, Elizabeth Cady Stanton's Unitarian daughter, Harriet Stanton Blatch, and Jane Adams, who didn't ever join a Unitarian church, as best we can tell, but she did attend regularly. It's funny how we have records of that. We don't even have records of who attends now. <laughs> this past week was the 101st anniversary of the NAACP. We had an active part in generating that organization that vocally and visibly and powerfully stood for those who were not yet recognized in this nation as equals. Tacit approval would not have been adequate. Our spiritual ancestors were both progressive for their time and belonged 
to their time. But in the final analysis, what we can say is that they set the course for us to grow into our Unitarian Universalist potential. Quote, So now the question for today is, what does love require of us? We can look around and see that there are outcasts now, as there were in the old days. People who have been stranded on the barren shores of isolation, with no one leaning in close to love them for who they are and to challenge the voice that denigrates them. Love requires that we stand on the side of love. Are we willing to live the promise of this faith? We have advantages that others may never see. Even those among us who have very little still have advantages that many others don't. They have this community. If we're broken and need help, we can come here and ask each other. We can be affirmed. We can be reassured. Not everybody has that. And not everybody would assume they could have it here. What is the depth of our love? Early on in 1958, Dr. Martin Luther King wrote, Today, a sort of quasi-liberalism prevails, so bent on seeing all sides that it fails to become dedicated to any side. It's so objectively analytical that it's not subjectively committed. A true liberal will not be deterred by the propaganda and subtle words of those who say, slow up for a while, you're pushing things too fast. I am not calling for an end to sympathetic understanding and abiding patience. But neither sympathy nor patience should be used as excuses for indecisiveness. They must be guided principles for all our actions rather than substitutes for actions itself. Action itself. Love is our message. There is no message without a messenger. The campaign for standing on the side of love works to confront exclusion, oppression, and violence based on identity, whether that identity has to do with sexual orientation, gender identification, immigration status, religion, race, ability of any other label, that society uses to limit their rights. It's about living out the theology of love we inherit 
from both our Unitarian and Universalist ancestors. We will come to hear that message shared and turn again to our private lives. Will we come to hear that message shared and then turn again to our private lives? Carry that message into seclusion or will we carry the message to those who need it? We don't have to be evangelical to carry our message. But we do have to act. Because as long as it's just thought, it's not character. Let us be generous with our love. I pray that we will.